there the next day. Daddy's car was forced off the road. She never spoke of the police report, the blood alcohol level of 0.27. I overheard those details on my own. Eavesdropping is instinctual at age seven. I remember Daddy's funeral even less than I remember Kevin's. A bronze coffin topped with a spray of white flowers, endless eulogies, muffled crying, Mama supported by two of the aunts, psychotically green cemetery grass. The summer after Daddy died was one of the hottest in Illinois history with temperatures holding in the 90s for weeks. Through June and into July, Grandma Lee maintained a Return to Dixie phone campaign. Mama made her decision in mid-July, or perhaps Grandma Lee made it for her. Gran arrived the same day a sign went up in our yard. In the kaleidoscope of my memory, I see her exiting the taxi, an old woman, scarecrow thin, hands knobby and lizard dry. She was 56 that summer. Within a week, we were packed into the Chrysler Newport that Daddy had purchased before Kevin's diagnosis. Gran drove, Mama rode shotgun. Two days later, we arrived at Gran's house in Charlotte. Harry and I were given the upstairs bedroom with a green-striped wallpaper. At breakfast the next morning, Gran asked if we'd like to spend the rest of the summer at the beach. Harry and I gazed at her over our Rice Krispies, shell-shocked by the thundering changes rolling over our lives. Two days after hitting Charlotte, our little party again settled itself in the Chrysler, Gran at the wheel. Mama slept, waking only when the whining of our tires announced we were crossing the causeway. Mama's head rose from the seat back. She didn't turn to us, didn't smile and sing out, Polly's Island, here we come, as she had in happier times. Gran patted Mama's hand. We are going to be fine, she cooed, in a drawl identical to that of her daughter. And fine I was, once I met Evangeline Landry. And for the next four years, until Evangeline vanished. I was born in July. For a kid, that's good news and bad. Since my summers were all spent at the Lee family beach house on Polly's Island, my birthdays were celebrated with a picnic, then an excursion to Gay Dolphin Park on the Myrtle Beach boardwalk. I loved those amusement park outings, especially the wild mouse ride, white knuckling up, down, and around narrow tracks, heart banging, cotton candy rising in my throat. Good stuff. But, I never got to bring cupcakes to school. I turned eight that summer after Daddy died. Mama gave me a pink jewelry box with a music player and pop-up ballerina. Gran's gift was a copy of Anne of Green Gables. Though Gran prepared the traditional picnic of red velvet cake, fried chicken, boiled shrimp, potato salad, deviled eggs, and biscuits, there was no postprandial roller coaster jaunt that year. Harry got sunburned and Mama got a migraine. So I stayed alone on the beach, reading about Anne's adventures with Marilla and Matthew. I didn't notice her at first. She blended with the white noise of surf and seabirds. When I looked up, she was less than two yards from me, skinny arms spiking from palmed hips. Wordlessly, we assessed each other. From her height, I guessed she had a year or two on me, though her waist was still child-thick her faded swimsuit still flat on her chest. She spoke first, jabbing a thumb at my book. I've been there, 
Have not, I said. I've seen the Queen of England. Wind danced the dark tangle on her head, lifting and dropping strands like shoppers deciding on ribbons. Have not, I repeated, immediately felt stupid. The Queen lives in a palace in London. The girl dragged wind-forced curls from her eyes. I was three. My grandpère held me up so I could see. Her English was accented. I hesitated, uncertain. Where was this? Tracadie. Where's that? En Acadie. Never heard of it. This is the forest primeval, the murmuring pines and the hemlocks. I squinted up at her, unsure what to say. It's a poem. I've been to the Art Institute in Chicago, I said, feeling the need to match poetry with an equally highbrow response.